0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Becoming the Brand. My name is Mohidayat and I'll be your host for today. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to Sam Araki, the CEO of LMNIQ, a digital marketing agency here in Vancouver. (music) Sam, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me, Mo. Sam, I've seen you around the office uh, go in and out and you're always busy with a lot of things uh, that's going on in the world of digital marketing, and you're always communicating with your clients or your team. Um, well, to get started, uh, let us know a little bit about yourself and, and and who you are and how you got started in this world of digital marketing.
1: Well, it's, that's a pretty loaded question. Yeah, but it is, yeah. <laughs> it, it, my, my education comes from the public relations side of things. So I'm a PR major in school, and that naturally segued into a communications role and which ne- naturally seg- uh, segued into the digital, digital marketing side of things. And early on, I was involved in the currency trading industry, so Forex, as it's known. Interesting. And it was uh, at that time, in the late, in about 2007, 2008, 2009, a super competitive industry uh, in terms of online real estate. And so digital real estate, there's a couple of big players in there, and... I learned a lot through that process, and one thing led to another, and we started uh, an agency, a couple of business partners and I did, in 2010. So it's been a little bit of a ride for me, and uh, I'm a marketer, and as a marketer, uh, as a PR, PR major, I always was taught that, hey, we're just looking to manipulate how people think the way we want them to think, right. and so from a digital marketing perspective, there's particular purposes that are, are there for digital marketing, obviously, uh, people want business through their website or through anything online, and uh, that's the really simple way of explaining it, right. but that's how it started back in that day, and it's continued now to the point where uh, we have a great team, but it hasn't been easy. So I'm sure we'll talk about some of that today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's never easy when you're running your own business and you're working with partners, you're dealing with clients and a team. There's always something going on in your day that you have to uh, overcome some sort of a, a challenge, uh, which I think is part of you know, running a business and being a business owner. How, how did you kind of come to the process that you have now in terms of dealing with your clients um, from the beginning to the end? How does that look uh, when someone works with you? What has worked? uh for you then you're successfully up deploying it and what are some challenges that if some of our audience members are kind of listening to this and watching this can gain from your experience and and kind of don't go down this road but perhaps consider this
1: well don't go down this road is probably to not start an agency <laughs> uh, if i were to go back to 2010 i, I wouldn't have done it uh, it's too hard for uh it was it was a hard road and now it's it's fine but it's a hard road, making a lot of mistakes and learning a lot of things along the way. And the agency business is not an easy one. But from a client service perspective, the really the most important things are consistency. And I'm at the point now of boiling things down into simple terms, simplifying the business, simplifying the way that we do our work, and simplifying the way we communicate with our clients in terms that they understand. And I think that's one of the big things from the consistency side of things is consistently communicate. But then there's the uh, there's the gaps of expectation. So what do yeah. the clients expect versus what do we know that we're delivering from a service perspective? And are they on the same page? Are we on the same page with them? Yeah. Do they know what we're doing? A perfect example of that is SEO seems to have been a big, term over the past 10-15 years, but is SEO the same to person A as it is to person B as it is to person C as it is to person D? It can have different meanings to each person. For some, SEO is everything, digital marketing. So I want SEO done, meaning I want a digital marketing program. I want SEO done, meaning I just want to rank number one for particular terms. I want SEO done, meaning there's things on my website that I want SEO'd. So there's different variations of understanding on this. And I think from a client account management standpoint, the biggest thing has been consistency of communication and of expectations and being on the same page and aligning those expe- expectations. Yeah. So those are the things that have at least helped us over the course of time, and even now, is the thing that helps us to be successful with good clients and in achieving good results.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely, I think setting expectations uh, is is very important and educating your, your clients on each project it 's not about the first ones that like, you know educating the one so we do it this is our process this is how we do it yeah every project will have a different process that you have to go over even if you worked with that same client multiple times on different projects in the past so you 're right it is very important I feel the same thing in my world you know uh, when somebody says I want video there's so many different angles and different type of videos or it's different ways that one a message can be shot and created and turned into a visual story, right. but we need to set expectations, timelines, and uh, achievable you know things that we can make sure it happens. So that that is actually a, a very important point that I think in any environment, in any business that you're in, um, is is important to kind of consider and, and pursue it. That the return on the investment of digital marketing it's it is also one of those things that people don't know how much they should invest. What's going on? Where is the market going? Uh, is Facebook and Instagram eating up my dollars when I, you know, put ads out? Does it doesn't make a difference who's the right platform
1: or which is the right, right platform for me to gain. What are your thoughts on it? My thoughts are, uh, a lot of companies and businesses probably don't have the right priorities and the priorities in the right sequence. And uh, before we think about ROI, it's important to think about okay, what is the business? And so within Element IQ and within my own personal marketing, we talk about uh, two pillars. One is, aware, uh, one is positioning and another one is awareness. Positioning always precedes awareness. And so what positioning means is, hey, who are you? What do you do? How do you do it? Who do you do it for? And why should people hire you to do it for them? Yeah. And if that isn't clear, then no amount of awareness is going to help. So you can say, okay, you know what, I want to run Facebook ads and Instagram ads and Google ads and I, what, what's my ROI going to be on these? But hold on a second here, what is the business? So if you are, for example, we have a client uh, who's who's a repiping company, plumbing company really, but they specialize in repiping. Okay. So we know that they are positioned as a repiping company, and not just a repiping company, but they do everything from beginning to end in repiping, and so they don't. Because a lot of plumbing companies will sub out, contract out the beginning and the end, and will just do the piping installation. So in a situation like that, okay, we know that we're not going to be bidding on all sorts of different plumbing keywords over here when we're advertising. We know what we're focused on here. So we can focus on that and understand, okay, if we put $1,000 in Google Ads to a number of different repiping ads. What kind of business is coming back through that? And then within that, it's important to track it. So what kind of analytics, funnels do we have set up? What kind of conversion metrics do we have set up? And within that, we can say, okay, well, for this campaign, for $1,000, we got this many clicks to this page. We had this many people convert through. So it's kind of like a funnel. So let's say we have 1,000 people, 100 people who clicked on it. (laughs) And then out of those 100 people, maybe 20 submitted their information. They're interested. Well, you have those 20 people. Out of those 20 people, how many turned out into actual clients? And then we work with the client to determine what the ROI is on that. And it's what kind of return on ROI or return on investment are you getting? And if it's more than two to one, three to one, four to one, then it's probably working. So then we explore different areas. But you've got to know who you are and what you want to advertise first before you go off into putting advertising programs together yeah yeah I completely agree with that
0: um, it is always important to determine what the message is without knowing what the message is you don't know who, who are you gonna target this to yeah if you just blanket it out to everybody uh, like the old mailers we used to get the certain block within the uh, the post office I still get those <laughs> you still get those <laughs> I, I remember working at the real estate office same thing We used to kind of pick a block it's about 400 you know, homes in these areas, we're going to print out 400 postcards and send them out. You have no idea who clicked, who touched, who did anything. And, and with that, it may not actually work. Some people would dominate that situation as well. So absolutely, I, I completely agree where you need to have that clear before you go in. And it helps all your other marketing aspects as well. Uh, you know, when somebody works with me at a later point in that, in that funnel of wh- what their message is, it, it's easier for me to give them ideas and suggestions on what type of content to create when i know what their message is if they come in and say i don't know i just want to i just want to get things out it's like i have no idea where to start with this because i can create something assuming that this is what you want to sell and all of a sudden when people come in it's like i can't sell those i don't make those i'm not great at those you're getting the wrong audience you may be even getting stuff in and it's great i'm getting a lot of phone calls but they want this other plumbing job done and we don't do that we are we specialize in this area
1: in terms of failures or challenges they happen All the time because we're in a service-based industry and we're in an industry that uh, where there are no guarantees and there's no guarantees to things so you you work with a particular client and maybe the client is uh, completely unreasonable irrational whatever it is and not to point everything at the client but i think from the agency perspective and from a marketing consultant perspective we always have to be able to work through and then identifying okay Is this particular client going to be a good fit for us in the way that we operate, in the way that we do things, in the way that our systems are set up? Maybe they would be a great client for somebody else, but we have to make sure that they're a good fit for us. And sometimes we don't make the right decision on that. Uh, But on the other side of things, sure, there are some particular campaigns that just won't work the way that we want them to. And a lot of times we're beholden to these advertising platforms too, and for example, with, with Google, if you are, we were, we've worked with, for example, an addiction recovery center in the past, and there are so many blacklisted keywords that you can't advertise for. But when you're operating an addiction recovery center, you need to be able to capture the searches that people are actually searching for, looking for help.
0: Yes, that's like, true. Like yeah. I, have,
1: I have whatever, a, a drug addiction, I have a cocaine addiction, I have an alcohol addiction, but we can't advertise for those. So how do we get around that Uh, are are questions that we have and sometimes we just can't. Uh, There's other times where maybe it's just not our particular specialty when it's selling a particular type of widget on Amazon, for example. And so we've learned that that particular type of client is not a fit for us. And so uh, more and more as I've led an agency now for going into our 13th year, is understanding what fits for us and what doesn't so that we yeah. put our team and, uh, into winning situations into the good situations.
0: Yeah, and it again it comes down to setting expectations where uh, what's the point of taking on a client when you know you can't serve them well? Uh, no one wins from that situation. Everyone leaves with a bad taste in them mouth. You're not happy because you hate working or your people hate working with this type of client or projects yeah. and on the other side the client will feel that maybe you're not good enough, you know, as you say you are, and it affects, I think, you know, you as a business where you're taking on projects that it seems like, even though you know what you're talking about, but this specific area is not your, your niche or not your comfort zone, and, no. you know, I know people take on projects that sometimes they don't, you know, you know, can't continue, but at the same time, I think setting the right expectations with the clients from the beginning, even before getting involved with them, is great because you avoid failures in that situation uh, on both sides. And uh, more than anything, you waste a lot of time. What are your thoughts on where the future of digital marketing is going with all these
1: algorithms and AIs coming into
0: into our existence, I guess you could
1: say? Well, it's, it's definitely interesting. And I think from a personal perspective, it's interesting for me to take part in and to play around with it and do things. Uh, it's still at really an early stage where OpenAI has ChatGPT and, Microsoft is pouring billions into it, too, and Google has their own that they're uh, releasing here in the short-term future. And so it is important. Relative specifically to what we do now, it is less relevant because we're really on the advertising side, on the paid ad side of uh, digital marketing, and also on the Google Analytics side so the data and analytics side of things and so it's less influenced by the AI, the chat GPT uh, side of things right now as it stands and so while I think it's really important and it's important from a content perspective and from an SEO perspective and to see what comes out and I've even asked my daughters, I have two teenage girls and it's a, I've asked them, hey, what kind of questions have you been stumped in Stumped on in tests recently. Let's put it into Chat GPT Chat and see what Chat GBT says. Interesting. And so uh, that's been an interesting social experiment for me with my own kids. And, but outside of that, for me, I do think it's important. I do think it's important to stay on top of things to see how it evolves too. Yep. And it was my birthday recently, and one of our team members uh, had a had Chat GPT create. Uh, an animated image of me. It was awesome. Interesting. So holding a birthday cake, right? So things like that are great. Uh, but in terms of ChatGPT in a box creating great converting uh, Facebook ads or Google ads, it's it's not there yet. Yeah, yeah I, I can see that.
0: I, I think there's still a, a, a human element that is involved in getting to the results that you want are looking for um i mean we can't be scared and thinking that it's skynet and the terminator is going to come and uh, we're going to be yeah. you know stuck in the matrix or maybe we are we have no idea uh, is this air that we're breathing um, but uh, essentially yeah. if you look at it from that perspective we have to kind of move forward uh, you know obviously the internet came in and i remember you know phones when digital phones came into existence there was a bit of a you know oh you know i can't use a phone without buttons i need an actual button on the phone and now here we are touching a screen you know, and doing everything within these phones that are, they have no, other, no buttons really on the screen for us to touch. And then you have foldable screens and you have, yeah, yeah. yeah. The one thing that we have to realize is we are progressing, we're evolving as humans throughout the generations and all the decades and all the experiences that, that we gain and become uh, a hybrid human being is what we're kind of going towards that. Where we, obviously, right now, we are hybrid, we cannot survive without our technology. Most of our businesses, I mean, you and I can't be in business without technology. Um, we can, you know, try our best, you know, and write a whole bunch of, you know, newspapers and paint and all that stuff, but it's not going to get across. So a lot of businesses rely on technology, which means that we, the only way for us to continue down this path is for it to become better. And we have to adapt to the environment that we're given. We can't, we can't fight it. We can't say, you know, that, you know, I want to stick to the traditional way of communication or, or marketing or doing things. We either adapt or we fall behind, and we fade away uh, in history. So, I think my pers- perspective on these AIs and all these technologies coming, you know, to our, you know, at our disposal for us to be able to utilize, and just like anything else, you can use it for good or evil, um, you know, and or you can use it to gain from it, or you can sit back and complain that this is taking over your life, and you know, you can't move on. Um, the one thing I think we can do is as whoever adopts these things earlier. Will end up understanding and harnessing the capabilities and the powers that it comes with. Um, so it's up to you um, whether you want to harness the your superpowers or, or just uh, fight them off.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who harness crypto and then they got uh,
0: yeah <laughs> pulled
1: into the wrong direction uh, recently. But it, it's true, you know. But there's there's different waves that we go through, and to, to smaller waves to some extent so over the past number of years. There's been A voice search. So it's like, I think it was like 2019, maybe. It's like voice search is going to 2018. Voice search is going to be the thing this year. (laughs) Well, you know what? My Siri still thinks that I want to go to Australia when I ask for direction sometimes. And so instead of somewhere else in Coquitlam. And so uh, SMS messaging. Oh, SMS messaging. I had somebody in my office. It was about eight years ago. SMS messaging is the next big thing. Well, no, not really. Granted, this whole AI thing, ChatGPT is a much bigger thing, but it's one of those things that, yes, it's great, but where does it go from here? Yeah. And that'll be the most interesting thing. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. And sometimes technology has this uh, thing about it where it starts off as something else, and it ends up becoming something completely different and not what you really expected it to, to go in that direction. It happens constantly in in the world of technology because the early adopters will take a certain direction. One huge factor is uh, VR, you know. Yeah. How many years have we been trying to do these VR classes and, you know, that we haven't succeeded? We still can't immerse ourselves into the metaverse. And even if you do, it's very poor. It seems like Nintendo 64 quality uh, sometimes. So we still have a lot more to go
1: before we get there. Do we not have Second Life 10, 15 years yes. ago? Yes, yes now did. And now we have, it's like, it's the reincarnation of second life yeah. with this whole metaverse thing, and so, yeah, yeah, and uh, and and what is the big deal with Roblox? My kids play Roblox, <laughs> and I can't stand it. But it's anyway. There's there's all these different things that uh, we're subjected to now, and so technology definitely is interesting. Technology definitely makes our lives easier, but technology also complicates our lives in a variety of different ways too. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a good time to be living in 2023, I suppose.
0: Can you share a little bit about you know, what the future of Element IQ looks like and uh, why you feel that that's the direction
1: that you want to take the company? It, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of really me getting old. I'm old. <laughs> and uh, there's three goals. We're going through a pivot right now. It started in about September of 2022. And there's really three objectives to the pivot. And the first one is to simplify the business. And the second one is to further structure the business you can call it systems, SOPs, whatever you want, but really rock solid systems to drive the business and number three is to be smart about it and so it's like the three s's and but simplifying it was really the has been the predominant theme and since the very beginning, element IQ has been a multi-channel digital marketing company. By multi-channel I mean a channel can be SEO, another channel could be paid search, another channel could be email marketing, another channel could be social media marketing, another channel could be video marketing, whatever it is you put all these different channels together and that's a multi-channel digital marketing campaign. And so we would work these multi-channels, so depending on the client it could be six channels or it could be two channels. channels, it could be three channels, it could be four channels. And I realized over the course of the past two, three years that we can't really be great at any one particular thing when we're spread so wide. Yep. And if we want to scale as an agency, we can't scale with these broad-based digital marketing campaigns because then we, we just need, to, as more email clients come in, we need to build up the email side of things. As more social media clients come in, okay, we need social media people and then paid search people and SEO people. And, and our team is 15 right now. And the team cannot just keep on growing like that. We need to be able to scale with our current team. Great team, but we were at uh, put in a uh, not-so-great situation because we were spread thin. And so the pivot it really is into two predominant channels. One is paid search. So within paid search, there's Google, Facebook, Instagram, advertising, programmatic, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and TikTok. And so that's... None, and not all clients will be within all of those. I would say the majority of our clients, 90% of our clients, would be in a combination of Google, Facebook, Instagram. Yep. Now, Google has many sub-areas within it. It's not just Google search. And so uh, it's a big channel in itself. But that's where we're going. So that's one predominant channel. And the other one is Google Analytics. So Google Analytics 4 specifically because Google is sunsetting Universal Analytics, or Google Analytics 3, in July. All businesses using Google Analytics, which is the vast majority of businesses online now, will need to transition to Google Analytics 4. And it's, they're two different data models,
0: Interesting.
1: and so businesses don't understand this. And so it's a great opportunity for us. Uh, we've do- gotten in deep with Google Analytics 4, our entire team is Google Analytics 4 certified, and we have a specific GA4 team now, too, internally. And so, those are the two areas that we're focusing on growing into as the year goes on. So, when other clients come to us, we just had, uh, we do work for other agencies, too, on a gray label basis, usually. And within that, I was asked, hey, can you send me your SEO packages? Because one of our clients is looking. And I told him, I said, there's no such thing anymore for us. So yes, we do have a couple of your clients on SEO plans. So we're keeping the legacy clients as is, but moving forward, we're focusing in these two areas.
0: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense because now you're you know where you're strong at, and you know where you can drive and make the significant difference and make an impact.
1: Yes, ads Uh, gets results too. Absolutely, set up an ad account, and we can start getting results immediately. And we can combine it with the data side of things, and we can get deep into where people are coming from, how so how they're coming and what they're looking at on the site and whether they're converting or not, how many times they're coming back and maybe reasons why they're not converting and we can change how we're advertising as a result of that data. So, yeah,
0: Interesting. Me being involved in the video production side of things and creating video marketing materials and content and working with Agencies like yourself, or working directly with the clients and, and their marketing teams, and coming up with it, how do you how do you see the, the video kind of progressing in in current world? I mean, do you do people should they use video, or do you find that from your experience and your clients, it hasn't been you know a major
1: need uh, depending on the type of clients that you serve? Video has an absolute importance within the side of social and of advertising, social advertising. And within that, to be specific, it's video shorts. So video shorts, so that, you know, TikTok has come and has revolutionized revolutionized this video short side of things. Yep. So uh, when we talk about that, uh, and we're not talking about long form video, but we're talking about short snappy videos that I think a lot of people spend uh, you know, minutes and hours of their day probably scrolling really quickly through these video shorts in Instagram or TikTok even on YouTube now. So YouTube Shorts really provides a great opportunity for a lot of visibility for companies too. Yes. So sure, TikTok and Instagram are there, but YouTube is uh, there also with their ecosystem. And so overall, for our clients and for anybody that is looking to be it get involved in social or social advertising at all, those video Shorts are dynamite because... And, and not just to do them just for the sake of doing them, but they've got to have a particular purpose to them, which is why they work with with YUMO. And <laughs> we can come up with suggestions for things, themes of things, but we don't produce those sorts of things. Yep. And now, because phones are so great and the quality of the video is so great, there are some creators out there who are just basically using their phones. They've gotten so good at it. I wouldn't suggest everybody go out and do it like this uh, because these creators these creators out there right now are so good they've got their systems dialed in where it looks like a professionally uh, produced video but they're really they're doing it on their phone with any combination of tripod a little bit of lighting and angles and their message and they're doing a great job with it yeah so
0: but it's a storyteller that really accomplishes that like you said when you said when you work with creators that can make it work well versus somebody just going on their own and doing it. You know, it's a huge difference. Although I think to a certain degree, there is elements of training and educating the clients or a staff member to be able to capture certain things that that we've done it where we, we tell the client, listen, we'll come and train you, we'll help you, we'll guide you on what things you need to capture or your staff to capture on a regular basis when things happen because we can't be there all the time. We can't be in your business. You see things that we will miss when we come to visit to capture your story. In between if we can train you capture it give it to us we'll edit it and we'll adjust it as long as you follow our guidance on capturing these things and usually because these these clips are within 10 to 15 seconds there is not much room for error um, and then we use different elements to make sure that whatever errors they have we can cover it in in post-production um, that it seems like they've actually you know went through so much and, and that to me is part of the fun of you know how can i Get my client to be part of this journey with me, and have them appreciate the, the strategy we're going through. Because essentially, we're all working for the same objective for your clients to gain from you. I would love to talk a lot more, but it seems like we've run out of time. And and there's so much I think knowledge and information that you're feeding us. It's you know awesome and it's great. And I think the audience will will gain so much from this uh, this podcast. Uh, I, I know I have uh, in this you know short period of time. But uh, but Sam, thank you so much for for taking the time. Uh, and meeting with us I know we've been trying to do this podcast for the yeah. past few months yeah. um, but I'm so happy I'm so glad that we were able to do this because I think the, the information and the valuable things you're bringing in specifically at this time we're starting the new year uh, we're going into a whole new year a lot of companies are planning the strategies for marketing so this is a great way for them to gain some insights and knowledge and how to work with a digital digital agency but also if they decide to go in that direction what to prepare for when they approach a company so they can gain the most out of you know what they they want to accomplish from the
1: project absolutely no thank you i appreciate your time today mo for appreciate you for having me and i'm glad that we're able to make make it work out for sure
0: yeah absolutely and thank you for for being part of the show and remember to uh, leave your comments and subscribe to our show and watch our show or listen to our show wherever you listen to your podcast i'm mo hidaid and we'll talk to you soon